This podcast is for mature audiences only. The topics and views discussed are opinions based on personal experience and may change. Some names have been changed or otherwise altered to protect privacy. We do not own or otherwise possess any rights to any of the music played or mentioned during recordings. Hey guys, welcome back to Taboo Tuesday. I am here with Jitney Pierce. Hey, how you doing? Ah, uh, you know what? Today has been a roller coaster of emotions, and I've been everywhere between laugh and cry today multiple times. That was the crux of my day yesterday. Um, I was uh, like, kind of started off with a little bit of anxiety, then went through this like whole fucking crazy episode, and uh, and then to deal with it, uh, took a nap because. Uh, my emotions were <laughs> completely out of control doing that whole like silent cry thing before I fall asleep because I don't like people hearing me being upset. So yeah, that was that. And then I woke up and then it went to like this whole kind of like manic uh, trying to describe my day. And that was a lot of hand uh, hand gestures and, you know, talking with my hands and, and crazy eyes from then. And, and, you know, I don't realize it until after the fact. Then I look back and I'm like, oh. Oh, I was such a spaz. Right, yeah. Hindsight's <laughs> always twenty twenty with that. Uh, I went to a yoga class mm-hmm. where I met a Nigerian guy who uh, complimented my stretched ears. Okay. And we chatted for a moment. That was that was that and then i sat in the sauna where i became very overwhelmed and had to leave as soon as people started clearing up because when i got in there there was one of the dudes from yoga class so i was like all right it's chill and then there was another guy up in the corner and then there was a guy off to the right and i was like all right so i go up and i sit in the corner and i pull out my book and i'm getting ready to read and then 10 people walk in yeah, I'd have been uh, dipping out so that like, quick. Ah, uh, okay. Well, no, because I was in the back corner. I would have had to walk <laughs> through all of those motherfuckers <laughs> to get out of the sauna, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I shot a video and I sent it to Ricky. Mm-hmm. And I went, there's too many fucking people in here. <laughs> <laughs> and then three more walked in. Oh, man, yeah. I, I wouldn't have handled <laughs> like, that at all. I can't do this all right so I sat there for a little bit and then like a bunch of them left and I finished the paragraph I was reading and grabbed my stuff and got down my knee almost buckled on my way out and then I went and got ready to take a shower so like I was uh, and when I first got in there I was like super like super depressed i guess like i wanted to cry and then like everybody came in and my anxiety started in and i felt so claustrophobic because it's a fucking sauna so i mean like it already feels claustrophobic like duh and then like 15 people and no no couldn't do it it was so difficult and then like it was just it just it just didn't today just kind of sucked emotionally i'm not gonna lie i understand that completely like uh on the on the topic of like 
uh, saunas. I remember being in college. It's been a minute now, and uh, I was only there for like a month. But like, there's this kid that lived off campus. He was a friend of mine for many years from like the gifted program. And he'd like show up at my dorm room at like six in the morning. Now, mind you, I did not wake up that early back then. Like, I didn't wake up that early until I got clean last year. But uh, like, he'd come over and be like, "Hey, man, you want to sweat?" And like, like, no, because he, he'd want to go hang out in the sauna and then like smoke a smoke a joint and sweat. Right. It's the creepiest thing ever. Right. And so I'm like, what the fuck are you even talking about right now? It's like six in the morning, dude. Like, no, I'm going to sleep until at least like two or three. And I'm probably not going to do that when you say sweat. Like, that's kind of creeps me out, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to sweat? Yeah, it was like the... That is super creepy. Now, see, I prefer the steam room. The steam room actually feels better to me, but I like to read and... I can't take a book into the steam room. No, I'm I'm weird about steam rooms. After like I worked at a at a YMCA as a janitor for like three years, and so the steam room in there like it smelled like oh shit God. like all the time, dude. It okay, so bad. So I have a steam room story, and it's not my steam room story, but I'm super bummed that it's not my steam room story. Mm-hmm. So Ricky went to the gym, and it was you know it wasn't like late at night, but it was at night mm-hmm. and he's sitting there and there's like one other guy in there so he's just like hey does that that normal head nod like acknowledgement like <laughs> we're in the same place at the same time mm-hmm. whatever and dude nods back and they go about doing what they're supposed to be doing because they're in the sauna all right so Couple minutes later, another dude walks in and sits down. And when he does, he he like wiggles his towel or whatever, and all this steam kind of went up. Mm-hmm. Sweet, now it's steamier, right? So doesn't think anything of it, nothing of it, nothing of it. And then all of a sudden, he started hearing a, a noise. And like the the steam started to clear a little bit. <laughs> dude giving another dude head right in the fucking steam You know, what's interesting about that is like I never I guess I call it naivety, right? Like I'd never really had thought about it that as a thing. Like so the gym to me seemed like this like toxic masculinity, like uh place of toxic masculinity. And so anyways, um I was like I had to clean out uh lockers. Like anything that was unlocked, I had to like open it up, make sure there wasn't like bullshit in it and like, you know, wipe it out and stuff. So I go through this one uh locker this one night. I'm like ran through the first room. I was into the second room and like I opened this thing up and it was like a black velvet bag and like I'm immediately curious, right? So, like, I open it up, and it was, like, a dick pump, like, just just a dick pump, right? And so I'm, like, I'm, I'm like genuinely, like, why is there a dick pump in the in, in the locker room? Like, I, I just didn't really, and I don't know why, that it, it seemed like something that just would, like, that there's, there's that possibility of that happening, right? Because, like, again, like, I just, it seemed like this place of, like, toxic masculinity. So, like, you know, growing up in where we grew up, it just didn't seem like that was something. And so I was, like, oh oh you know like and I, and I it wasn't like any kind of mortifying thing at all you know like something I, I stood for forever was the idea of like you know the like we talked about in the last episode like the abhorrence of like homophobia so it was kind of one of those things it's like yeah, oh that, so like the understanding of like this yeah, you know yeah, but it was um, like 
caught me off guard for sure. Like I was just like, oh, like I never, I never thought. Like I, I mean, like I assumed, I guess, that it was kind of like a fantasy of what or of whatever. Yeah. But I've, I've never in a million years ever thought that I would ever meet somebody who was in the the room. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Cause like that kind of shit just doesn't happen, right? And not where we're from either, man. Like that just was something. Well, that... I mean, like I'm in San Diego now, right? Lots of shit happens, I'm sure. Well, right, but I think that, like, like I say, like, like growing up in the environment we grew up in, it was oh, kind of absolutely. one of those things that was clogged. Just... Um, you know, friends and family members of mine, or you know, a lot of friends that that had to stay under the radar, like in the closet for fear of complete ostr you know being ostracized from you know family from from society really you know it became this like really insanely marginalized thing before and, oh, and even after like you know uh gay rights it came uh came to the forefront of like being like hey this is fucked up and like we're not being treated correctly like like in an area still very staunchly conservative and 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 uh in that kind of route like people still you know um have their like it's it's still problematic, I guess is a good way to say it. Like like there there's no equal treatment, you know. Yeah, uh, I'm I I'm so glad I left that place. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, it was it was getting bad for me, and like it had been bad for a while. Like like emotionally, psychologically. I feel like that's probably um like the the type of people that are there. I feel like you don't realize how much damage it's really doing until you leave. Well, it's like, I think I always say that it's generationally, right? Like, like so many people, when you're there, you're stuck there, right? You know, people leave, but then they come back and then there's some people that don't leave and then there's growth out of that. Right. Or that they do leave. I mean, I'm sorry, I spoke wrong, but, um, you know, uh, it was like, I, I'd always, I had family members that lived out in California and, um, you know, when they came, when my grandfather passed away, um, they were like, listen, like you'd really thrive out there. And, uh, I, I was Fuck like, yeah. yeah, you know? And so I really wanted to do it. But, but what had happened was, is I met my now ex-wife and then I was like, well, this is good. I'm just going to do this instead. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that that was like a, a poor decision you know I had my daughter out of that granted there was a lot of like bullshit um you know for my own actions and just chaos in general however like it was the understanding that people were like listen like you don't acclimate to this area and like how true that was you know you really don't and the thing is is I have very few people who actually understand that like yeah I was just talking to my dad the other day and I don't know I don't know how much you know about my dad and I's relationship, but we just, we didn't actually start getting along. Like we got along until I was like 11. And then, I mean, like we didn't really like it. It's not that we didn't get along. It's just that we didn't not get along. I don't, I don't, we did, but we didn't like we tolerated. I tolerated him. He was yeah. easy around than my mom was you know what I mean like oh yeah absolutely so much easier to do my routine and stay at a house where the parent was five yeah. days <laughs> like, <laughs> really easy to keep my routine um but 
I feel like it was so hard being around that many people. And I, I tried telling my dad this the other day that uh, people like me don't thrive back there. No. Like, what are you talking about? We hire people with tattoos and piercings all the time. And I'm like, one, I wouldn't pass a piss test. <laughs> right. Two, it's not just the tattoos and the piercings. It's the tattoos, the piercings, the hair, the fact that I'm not Christian and I'm not going to hide that and you can kiss my ass if you don't like it. I actually got spoken to at a, um, not where I am now, mm-hmm. but at, at, at a previous employer's. I got pulled aside and basically told that I shouldn't talk about my spirituality. Mm-hmm because I'm a witch and it, it freaked out some of the other employees because they were raised very Catholic. She was like, and I'm Wiccan. I just, we shouldn't talk about it here. And I'm like, I'm sorry. If I have to listen to them talk about mass, they can listen to me talk about the fact that I had a prophetic dream. And this is what's, this is, I mean, like, they came up and asked me to do a reading for them. I did the reading. I came over and I told her. It is not my fault that yeah. I was accurate. Well, and, and growing, up, yeah. well, growing <laughs> up where we grew up, you know, it's just, I think it goes back to, like, you know, I mean, I have an eight-gauge septum piercing, you know. Um, and, and, and before any of that, you know, it was, like, staunch conservatism that drove me insane. And uh, so from a very young age, like, I pushed so hard against that, so much to the point, you know, that I have my hammer and sickle on the back of my neck that I got when I was 18. And I got, you know, the pentagram tattooed on my on the top of my hand in, in, when I was 20. And, and then I get my big nose ring, you know. And, and so for an area so staunchly conservative, like I was a pariah, like I would go to uh, Walmart, like checking out. And I'd have people be like, that fucking communist Satanist. Da, 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 da. Oh and I my thrived God, in it, dude. Oh, you know what? It was, it got really bad because like, um, my stepsister uh, was an addict, is an mm-hmm. addict. She's recovering. Last I heard, she was doing extremely well, and I'm very proud of her. That's awesome. I do not know. I haven't, I mean, like, I don't really get to socialize with anybody that I care about. Yeah, I know <laughs> I how it goes, though. But, um, but she became tommy's daughter mm-hmm. because i wasn't around so as soon as tommy's daughter actually came around me mm-hmm. there was all this shit spread around fucking town about me because they were misspeaking yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible like, yeah I have a lot of fucking trust issues because of relationships back in Pennsylvania. Oh, absolutely. Um, which kind of brings us to the topic of the day, which is uh, with the impending uh, Hallmark holiday coming up. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel 
about Valentine's Day? See, I, um, when I was a lot younger, um, you know, uh, I had like, I guess, you know, you have those like, like that whole like hopeless romantic thing that I definitely fucking deal with uh, still to this day, right? I'm just, a, I guess I'm a little more disillusioned on it. But like okay. back then. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. Cause yeah. I, I, I'm still a hopeless romantic as much as I, I hate it. Like <laughs> I am such a, what is that? That makes me a cynical, hopeless romantic. Hopeless, yeah. cynical, romantic. Right. Well, and so before I was like, I, I really liked the idea because I liked the idea of attachment, right? You know, I liked the idea of like showing somebody I cared. And back then, that was like kind of the ethos of, of our environment that like, yeah, you did something once a year for somebody you really cared about and yada, yada, yada. And so and like, everything what it else ha- has to be super serial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, and then what would happen because of a crazy fucker, you know, like that that like I and I don't understand um, you know, my perception of interest is skewed, right? As a borderline. I I like I get that little bit of attention that seems like positive, right? And and so that turns to like, oh, there's like romantic interest there. Yeah, see, um, mine does the opposite. Mm-hmm. Mine goes into like, oh, they're just being really nice. Well, being really annoying. It ends up being like a paradox, right? So I'll think that if it's like somebody that I don't <laughs> personally like have interest in, or but there's interest on my end, and then I feel like there's interest on that. I don't understand it. Like, I'm no, like, that's what I mean. Like if weirdo, I'm you know, but if mm-hmm. I'm interested, I feel like they wouldn't be. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd like self-deprecate like crazy, but. I end up thinking like, well, maybe this is like that one interaction, right? You know, and then it ops, uh, it's often uh, that perception, and and then there's like that uh, shattering of the delusion or illusion uh, that that's not reality, right? And, and so it was so fucking heartbreaking all the time, right? So then I cast it off uh, the idea of Valentine's Day pretty early, um, you know, probably like I don't know, sixteen, seventeen, or something like that, and I was just like, yeah, this is stupid and I'm alone anyways and like you know I was fully under the belief that I would just be alone forever let alone like I was never gonna get married I was never gonna have a kid because I didn't think things like that were gonna happen to me because like I'm a wretched human being right you know um and I still kind of feel that way about myself at times but like I did that right you know I went through the marriage and went through the kid but I also went through the divorce and like all that other shit so like before all of that um I'd really just not been like, I'm like, that's ah, just a thing for like lonely people like me to like listen to bright eyes and like cry a little bit <laughs> and then like <laughs> drink, you know, like, um, God, I held on to that forever. And then like, so, um, I, when I get married, right. Uh, or I meet my now ex-wife, um, you know, I tried to do things here and there, but I was like barely functioning as a human being when she first met me, she really took care of me. And I, um, I'm really grateful for that. Right. Cause I was like on tons of psych meds. I was just a zombie, you know? And, um, and I would try to do things here and there, do something special, like clean or fucking cook some awesome meal or something like that. Um, we have our kid and then it was like different, right? Like, like suddenly like in that, that dynamic, it was like, she never wanted anything. Like, you know, it was like, if I spent money in a degree of, uh, for like Valentine's day or something, it was like, why didn't you spend this on our, on our kid, you know? And, and so it was frustrating. And then it, so while I had that kind of sink for a little bit and I was like oh okay so this is what people do when there's like some kind of there's this level of like uh um love there right and then all of a sudden I'm like well 
fuck no apparently not apparently you're supposed to like coexist with somebody and then get yelled at when you want to do something nice because like that's how i grew up understanding i mean you see cards and you see all these things but then you see the shit show that it was like the rest of the time um and then i'm like oh so it's a shit show and then it's also kind of a shit show that day and there's nothing really there and then we just you know do things for you know not that and and um so i guess where i'm at with it now is like um, enough time has gone on and enough chaos has gone on and like for me to be like well it's just it's just a holiday right or it's a it's a hallmark holiday and like ultimately like I'll probably nap through this coming one I'll probably like maybe I'll listen to some Connor Oberst or the the Better Oblivion Community Center and and, and some Phoebe Bridgers because her voice is glorious and I love it and I'll be like well I feel less alone in this capacity and then like go to sleep <laughs> I have a therapy appointment uh, the day before, though, so that's kind of cool. I could guess I can preemptively uh, prepare myself for any kind of, like, sadness or, like, emo moments that I have. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. It might. Uh, but I don't – see, I uh, – growing up, I had a really hard time with the whole Valentine's Day thing as a kid. Because, I mean, like, in elementary school, like, the Valentine's Day party, everybody got a Valentine from everybody. Yeah. Oh, I remember those days. But special people got special Valentines. They got an extra one. Yeah. From, like, their friends and shit. All my friends were boys. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So... I was one of the boys, so I didn't get an extra Valentine. Yeah. And then I did start getting an extra Valentine, and all my friends were still guys. (laughs) But, like, I would always get the extra Valentine from the boyfriend. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, the... The best ones I got were from my first husband, and that was probably the most narcissistic relationship I've ever experienced. Yeah, I so like I appreciate all like the classic. Oh, he woke me up with tickling my back with my favorite flower made me breakfast in bed that's so romantic no bitch that is a sign that he is trying way too goddamn hard to win your attention <laughs> like that's that's kind of what it makes me feel now yeah it was it was like the kansas city shuffle like he would throw those types of things at me so i would bend and twist and mm-hmm question everything so he so, away with more so do you think it was always that or do you think it turned to that i think that's uh an important question to kind of look at i guess i don't know and i only ask that because like i try to look at that in my own uh life right so when i talk to people who you know it never fails that like when i make like female friends and then there's some sort of fucking attachment on my end and then i'm like well you know i i'm just uh 
nice guy, whatever. And then I, and it's because I'm like fucking paranoid about putting any kind of foot forward or anything like that. Like I immediately believe that like I'm gonna seem lecherous if like I uh, I show any like you know like interest in the capacity like that I don't really know how to show right because I I've been around all these like just abhorrent men in my life that like like they just I'm the not gonna do lie. It. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. I mean, like, right now, I'm still kind of in, like, a... a I, it's not dysfunctional, but I guess it's it's non-traditional relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, the... the uh, I, like I like non-traditional. And I was going to say, like, dysfunctional and non-traditional are two entirely different things. Dysfunctional well, like, merits like, that there's some, like, chaos and bad chaos, like, you know? Boy, exactly. And most of my relationships have been dysfunctional. Oh my too. They they function in their dysfunction. But this is like the most functional relationship I've I've ever actually had. That's like honestly functional, and I don't understand it. Well, and, and I it oh, throws yeah. me for so many loops. Well, and I guess that's a good way to segue into that: the idea of relationships, what they mean. Uh, to you, what they mean to me, um, you know, how these things are approached, how these things are, um, you know, how we, how we see them, I guess, is a good way to put that, maybe. Our perspective on the definition of a relationship? Yeah, absolutely. I like that. I like that. Um, I don't know. I'm a firm believer in the fact that the only two people who actually have a say in what works and what doesn't work in your relationship are you and the person that's in that relationship. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I feel like every relationship needs to be a non-traditional relationship. Cause when I was with my second husband, he would always go, but isn't that what's supposed to happen? Like, yeah. You haven't touched my naked body in six weeks, and I'm asking why. I know you're beating it in the shower, but you're not, you're not even, like, I've asked, I've tried, you've said no, like, I don't understand, I need to know what, he's like, but isn't that what's supposed to happen? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Who the fuck told you that? I think it's generational, you know what I mean? Like, like I think that, that it goes back to, like, what we are taught and what our parents are taught and what their parents are taught, yada, 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 you know, that um, that it's, like, that weird staunch, and that's why I think you're right, that, or I agree with, I should say, that the idea of non-traditional relationships, like, at this point in this day and age and this term of evolution in, in society, right, as the, as the populace, we've watched what happens when people stay together for traditional terms you know what i mean i grew up in a in a household that tried to keep it together uh, as long as they could it split and then the idea of tradition comes back with like the step parent aspect and it, it was chaotic right on both ends um oh and then God. families are cinderella cinderella oh fuck what word am i looking for type like step parent yeah exactly wow situation oh, like, yeah, yeah yeah absolutely um 
Oh yeah, it is. And, and so to grow up around that and like, even outside of my own personal uh, family experience, I watched, you know, families that stay together simply for kids or stay together because that was the traditional thing to do. Or like, like they didn't. Uh... Oh my God. What if we got a divorce? Right. What and then would what would people say? And then to go even before that, the idea of like, you know, um, religion dictating how a relationship was handled, like, you know, the idea of like, you know, no sex before marriage and things like that. And certainly maybe that worked in the 40s and 50s. And I don't really think it did. And I can't really say because it didn't exist in those times. But I think it that didn't, it didn't. Well, I people I, were knocking boots and shaking sheets outside of marriage on a regular basis. And that's really it, though, because like I and that's, to a lot of people. I love talking to old people about oh God, their, yeah. their sex lives and their uh, um, their relationships that they had over time. Like, tell me about your first girlfriend. My grandma and grandpa were high school sweethearts. Mm-hmm. And my grandpa just passed away a year ago this coming April. So it's been almost a year since my grandpa passed away and they were still together. Grandma's still kicking. Oh, wow. You know, and that's what's intriguing to me is like when it actually works like that, it fascinates me because I've seen like in my own life and experience and being around people that statistically it normally doesn't. And like we really saw divorces on the rise in like the 80s and 90s. Like they just went through the roof. And so as... I've been divorced once and separated a second time. <laughs> well, and that's that's exactly it. So, like millennial, um, which we fall into, and I, I didn't, I guess, I didn't understand the term for a long time, right? You know, and it's always used as such like a uh, this term of like insult, you know. Yeah, it's a um, stigma. Right. But like what happens is like we grew up in the 90s, right? Like we were kids in the 90s. We existed like we weren't, you know, like you can't say we were 80s babies because like we well, we were babies. Absolutely. But we weren't 80s kids. Right. You know, um, right, so right. like our youth was the 90s. And so um, you, you watch divorce like going through the roof. You see this dysfunction that's becoming more publicly aware because of the way technology becomes, you know, and I think that that's why I say that there's that great romanticism that people have that like, oh, you know, like, uh, like, like people in the 40s and 50s and they loved and, and it was a, this devout relationship and it wasn't, it wasn't, there was no devout relation and certainly there probably was. But my point is, is that like people are inherently flawed then as they're flawed today. Um, it's just that like, sometimes you get staunch people get staunch and like like well this is the way it was like people of that age or or around that age or who developed that romanticism with the idea that it was like this utopian society of like relationship and of of you know uh camaraderie in towns and things like that but all of the chaos still existed it's just it existed in different formats so to go back to my point like millennials um you know we've taken to the idea of um not and I think it, I think it kind of happened maybe after us, right? Um, that like the idea of marriage is scary, right? And so it didn't become scary to me until I got divorced. And um, I'm not sure that I'll ever even try to take that approach again because the idea that I have to get the law involved to say that like I'm in this like for the long haul seems ridiculous to me. I think that it's the government. Uh, it's government involvement where I don't want government involvement. You know what I mean? Like, I think that it's, and it it goes back forever, right? It's the same as like people that that are stuck on one modality of thinking because it's all they know, but they don't want to change it. So they just deal with it. Right. Um, I don't think the government needs involved with fucking people's, you know, romantic relationships. Like if, 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 uh, 
if they if people want to be together, then then there's nothing wrong with that, right? But there doesn't need to be like the idea of filing for licenses and all these things is ridiculous. The reason the whole reason for the licenses and stuff is so that way they can they know where the estate goes. Well, no, and I'm not discounting that. No, I'm just saying that's that's the only reason um, for the legality portion of it. But also for like insurance purposes and stuff like that, it's basically just a way for everybody to get their fucking cut out of your pocket. It's, I mean, that's all the licenses and stuff are. And well, that's what I mean. I don't know what they were originally, but I mean, like. Well, no, I mean that's what they always were. But that's my point, though. It goes back to the idea of currency and what what it means to us, materialistic desires, and what it means to us, or what it's perceived to mean to us, right? So I don't think that there's any need for like you know um for that let's go back to like henry the eighth who who couldn't get divorced and wanted to and so he started lopping off girls you know <laughs> lopping off wives right you know, so that's a good extreme example of like the fear of things shattering things being taken because the the ills of man are greed right regardless of what that is financial land or or, or material objects whatever that is or emotion or whatever um i think it it puts us in that like sick position so again i, I go back to the idea of like i think non-traditional marriages like people that that have decided they've made this jump and they don't get involved with like going to get some fucking marriage certificate or anything like that like you know i've heard of, of so many pagan weddings that are just pagan weddings and they've held them themselves you know what i mean and, and things like that and i think that that has more sincerity than no, like that's, going that's that's what i wanted so that's yeah. That's essentially what I got. The only reason there was ever any paperwork involved is because he said, if we're going to do it, I'd really rather just get actually married. And but, I- like, what is the definition of that, though? You know what I mean? Like, like, is it is it you're married because a piece of paper says that? It's like, like to me, that's like the chaos well, of a... Uh... That's pretty much what it is now. Well, I think it always was, though. I mean, I think that, we, they, that it's always been held onto the staunch belief that that's the only way, and I think that that's the thing. So, a lot of people, go- yes. I was just speaking about my own personal. Oh no, no, absolutely, yeah, and I, I'm, um, and that's what I mean, though, is that that um, you know, is is modality is just so important. So, as I've seen, as like time has gone on, I've gotten older, and I'm watching people younger than myself, um, that choose not to get married, that choose not to have kids, that choose all of these different things, and I think it's because of the awareness of the area, the awareness of you know, um, that that, that there doesn't need to be this like, um official piece of paper to say these things that these people just coexist in a life and they're happy and it's a relationship and to me like I get married right and like so I expected because I was jaded with the illusion that um they're not jaded I guess I was like enamored or hypnotized by the illusion that you get married and then life is great or if it's a good relationship I grew up around shitty ones so if I had if I was in a good one then I'm like oh cool I just ride this out until death. Great. Awesome. You know, and, um, and then like to have that worldview shattered is like fucking brutal. Right. You know, like, like it's like, Oh, okay. So this isn't like a Disney fairy tale. And I think that that's where, um, perception can be skewed. I think a lot of us nineties kids kind of dealt with that, um, to a large degree by living with the, with the mindset or the understanding. And I can't speak for everybody, but like, you know, um, it's like when, when, when you're younger and they say it's like predominantly girls or whatever, but I think like guys, when their kids have their own like respective understanding of that, as they get a little older, you know, and that, that becomes like girls become an interest or whatever, you know, um, the idea of like some, 
cool wedding or elaborate wedding and you have all these like ideas right for it to be this like perfect thing but that that in itself is flawed something always happens you know my mom wanted to get married outside and the day she wanted to get married it rained <laughs> like you know oh, um, see that i got really fortunate mm-hmm. um that's part of the reason i knew i was supposed to marry my husband i mean mm-hmm. like, we still talk i still love him um i'm polly so i mean like yeah probably always be legally married I I I think no. <laughs> um, I don't know, but I was. I mean, like our wedding was perfect. Mm-hmm. We did our own personal ceremony at the beach a couple days before. Yeah. And we did uh, the whole big shebang. It was Gothic Victorian. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was I struggled and fought every step of the way <laughs> to have the Gothic Victorian wedding because it was a Gothic Victorian wedding on Halloween and the reception was a fucking costume party, bitch. Right. Have fun. It's supposed <laughs> to be fun. Like, why does everybody take my goddamn wedding so much more seriously than I do? Like, the ceremony was the serious part. Everything else is up to, like, why? what's typical? Like, it's supposed to be me and him, and we are not the white dress. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you said that, though, because, like, when I got married, right, like, um, my ex and I just were, we were like, we're just going to go to the JP. We don't go to church. We don't follow any religion. Like we're just not doing that. That's stupid. And so we do the JP, but then like we set up for the reception. Right. And like, we just like, it was the same thing. We just wanted it to be fun. And Holy shit. Did like both sides of the family just like, like, you know, big dick swinging for control over the whole thing, you know, like they had to be like this way, this way, this way. And we're, we tried to be as staunch as possible. Like, listen, this is what we want. So I make like, I remember I made like five CDs, right? And um and and the very last one, like I tried to be kind of cognizant of the people that were there, but like my last one was like, okay, if I'm annoyed, like this one's going in. It had like Slipknot's Heretic Anthem and it had Cradle of Filth and like all of these like great super fucking metal and and just insane music right and i really ex- i was very excited about it but like the one was like kind of more classic rock because i was like trying to cater to people i was trying to be a decent human being it's not often i do that but like i was like maybe i could maybe i should do that but what happened is is like i told um my uh father who was gonna dj for this whole thing right i'm like just play these in succession you know um and then we'll go but what he did is he just kept that fucking classic rock one just on repeat right i'm like you know, me and my ex are like annoyed, right? Because it's a shit show to begin with. Like, like my, um, you know, some of my uh, uh, siblings that were younger at the time, like via merit remarriages and stuff, um, were chaotic because they weren't reeled in, because they weren't supervised, because they weren't ever disciplined. So, like, this one spills like uh, juice on my ex's like uh, this crocheted like shawl that uh, her mom made her. And, like, it was white. Of course, it just fucking got stuff everywhere. And, like, it was just chaos, right? So we put a bunch of chaotic people in a room. And to not expect chaos is, like, a flaw. And um, finally, we're getting ready to just dip out, like, like me and my ex. And so before I go, I, like, throw on that, like, super awesome, gnarly, like, new metal slash, like, 
you know gothic black metal like thing and i just throw it on i get all excited and i start walking out and immediately right i think it started playing into the heretic anthem and like my dad just pops it out and puts that like the the classic rock one and i'm like wow so this had nothing to do with her and i it had to do with what they wanted you know and how what they they perceived all of that you know um and and you know we were so jaded by the whole thing like we just never did thank you cards like we just we just didn't we're just like yeah fuck every one of you and i feel like objectively probably that was not the nicest thing to do but like that's the only way you knew how to deal with it you know what i mean like we We felt like told everybody that we'd probably forget to do the thank you cards yeah but we thanked everybody personally yeah, yeah. Oh, we did the same thing. But like, why? Why is that such a thing too? Like, like the idea that it's like you can thank somebody face to face, but they want I, that actual card. Like, why? I, I, yeah, yeah. I don't understand it either. It just seems like an ego boost. I, mean, like, like, I, I, I texted everybody afterwards too. Yeah. Like over the next, I texted every single person and thanked them. Oh you shit! Know what I mean, like, yeah. I couldn't have done that because I had one of those old Nokia phones you know that you could run over with a tank and it wouldn't break so like the idea of texting was just not a thing <laughs> um okay but i think right here is a good spot to go ahead and take a minute to hear from our sponsors all right so i don't know about you but um i know that every single relationship i've had and i haven't had all that many but two of them ended up in marriage so um they've all been different like completely completely different my word am i what's that i was just gonna say am i alone in in that yeah no um kind of like at least for me um all of my relationships were essentially the same because i've always been so awkward and so like introverted that it's hard for me to reach out when I have interest right but the people that reach out okay to give a good example of this my ex-wife proposed to me because I was too much of a a, like I was too scared of the idea of her saying no so it just never was a thing so to go back further than that um, I wouldn't approach people when I had interest because it just scared me right the idea of rejection scared me so the people that did come out were people were girls that were um, more domineering I guess in that regard and usually in the end they were well not even usually like like historically on, on my dating end it was like all of these like really strong personalities that were usually like like the fact that I was submissive in terms of like emotion in terms of conversation in terms of like they could do what they wanted and then I would just kind of not say much about it right so they were just strong personalities and I don't know if that has to do with like my upbringing and, and like how I acclimated to that. And then it was just like, Oh, this is okay. This is what love is. Right. Um, but it was always like objectively terrible. Eventually. Like I went into a full bore, was fully in love with everybody, you know, of course that, that I was, I was seeing and then it would get really bad and I would justify it. You know, I had a girl that like, you know, put cigarettes out on me cause she thought it was funny, you know? Um, <laughs> and then, um, and, and then, yeah yeah right but I stuck around for it and then like she was like sleeping with this kid that at one point was like a really good friend of mine and who I've now fuck I'm like 33 this shit was happening when I was 17 I've called him like my arch nemesis ever since (laughs) 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 he's just my arch nemesis you know um but like so that's kind of carried on into the present right like like the the difference is more uh 
I'm, I'm more aware, right? Um, and if I feel or perceive that it's kind of one of those notions, I think that's why I end up, um, I'm alone a lot now, right? Or that I struggle with the idea of like um, dating with, if I'm not, if I'm not like, if I can't feel out the situation or it feels like it's, it's a, it's a tense thing. Right. Like I just step away from it. I didn't date for, I didn't date or sleep with anybody for like three years after the second time my ex and I had split up. Like it just didn't seem like an option to me. Um, I was too uncomfortable with the idea and I was too used to like, being like a magnet for people that looked for like flawed and like broken individuals because like I've been a very flawed and broken individual forever yeah absolutely um and not all of them were um and if they they were no not I'm just saying it's a good example they're the ones that they seek you out yeah yeah, absolutely like like any kind of that dominant dominant like uh approach to life you know my uh ex-wife was a super like just a very solid very you know um she was like a a a rock you know what I mean like like she knew how to take care of her business like she she was like a very strong woman right you know and I and I loved that and then I hated it when it became like problematic for me you know and granted you you got involved in that but like um so nowadays like I kind of like man I like I fear um I fear so much like reaching out, but then at the same time, you know, cause I like, it's that fear of rejection. That's just constant. Right. You know, anybody I've showed interest in like being here, um, I'm always so hesitant to. And then as soon as I hear like these key terms for me, like I always go back to like words being so important. So if somebody keeps going back at me with like, Hey friend, or like, Hey, you know, oh, it's good to see a buddy or things like that. Then I'm like, Oh, okay. So that's not a thing. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna shut down on that one. I'm just gonna know that that doesn't exist anymore. And I guess I don't really know how to deal with that. But like, so the idea of, you know, relationships to me is like that the the cumulative understanding of growth and like you know uh the ability to work with one another and it's the idea for me at least to like work past that paralytic fear of like making that first step because like it fucking terrifies me terrifies me the idea of rejection fucking terrifies me you know um now see for me i I mean, like, my first boyfriend raped me. Mm-hmm. That kind of sucked. I mean, like, actual, like, boyfriend, not first grade, holding hands <laughs> under the desk. Yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't have any of that, man. <laughs> I was a weird kid that, like, walked around class randomly, like, you know. Well, I mean, like, I... I mean, like, I was regularly called a slut and i would find out by second period every monday morning somebody else that i supposedly fucked on friday yeah yeah. i and half the time i'm sitting there going like really like were they so bad that i forgot (laughs) like that was my response at one point yeah but i mean like i i've always had like a disconnect Sexually, yeah. Um, and I, 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 I didn't really. It wasn't in full effect mm-hmm. until after my first husband, because yeah. I felt like he kind of used it as a control mechanism. Yeah. In a way. 
So, I mean, like, it was always used against me. And then my second husband didn't want to ever have sex with me. That's strange to me. I, I'm saying, like... I just mean in general, it's strange. I feel like I... I know I have a lot of room for self-improvement. We all do. But, I mean, I would fuck me. Well, yeah, you know. (laughs) It's it's just maybe... I feel like I would fuck me. So, when I'm laying naked next to somebody... I really don't understand why I'm not getting laid. Right. When they have full permission to touch me. In fact, I've asked you to <laughs> think, <laughs> why are you not touching me? Um, so, I mean, like, sex was always disconnected. Mm-hmm. Until recently. It's really strange. But I was really good at no strings attached relationships. Like, I was most of my relationships ended up being I mean like we were cool we'd hang out and mm-hmm. stuff and like we knew that it was pretty much just sex see and I was completely the opposite of that like for one I was like I I um I never um you know I never thought of myself as even remotely attractive in that regard and like so it goes back to like uh I remember uh like Chris Rock's bigger and blacker and he was talking about like how women get offered dick every day and it was like one of my favorite like set you know segments because like Chris Rock's fucking glorious anyhow and then he talks about he's like when a man you know like gets offered sex he's like oh it's my lucky day right so like that was kind of my thing forever I'm like oh wow cool this is the thing you know and yeah. then i never expected it to like last long because i'm like yeah they're just gonna realize i'm fucking weird and i'm like weird you know like i'm just weird in general and i'm awkward and i have a big dip in my chest. like i just self-deprecate like crazy like i have a dip in my chest i i, I i'm ugly i've got a big nose my ears oh poke my out. God. i i can know? tear myself apart for days and it, it wasn't until here's the thing is my second husband would never like he he rarely had sex with me mm-hmm he never made me feel unpretty. Yeah. Like, he always made it a point to point out different features and stuff that, like, were catching his eye at that moment. Or he'd stop and look at me and I'd go, what? Like, why do you have that stupid look on your face? Right. And he'd be like, because you're pretty. And I was just looking at you. And I'm like, okay. Weird. Like, right. It freaked me out. I didn't know how to handle that because that's not not something I had ever experienced like mm-hmm. it was I, I mean like I won sweet thanks right but he never made me feel stupid or anything either mm-hmm. like sometimes I felt like he was condescending to me simply because he thought I was smarter than him I don't fucking know either that or maybe I am I I've right. never that one out but I mean like we had our share of problems but like it was everything that I was deprived well not everything but a lot of the things that I was deprived of in really any of my relationships not just romantic relationships but pretty much most of my relationships mm-hmm. up to the point that I started dating my second husband mm-hmm. um, most of the things that I knew were missing he was there and already possessed those things like he liked the fact that I was weird Mm -hmm. 
he liked my stretch marks because they were imperfections and they felt cool. You know what I mean? Like it was, he liked the fact that I had a story kind of thing. Like it was, yeah. Like it, it, and that, and then it was because I was so free spirited. Like he would sit there and he'd name a bunch of stuff about me that he liked, and it was just kind of cool because I liked those things too. Right. Like those were the parts of me that, and it, he he really kind of did. He did teach me a lot inadvertently, I guess, because mm-hmm. he didn't like explain these things to me. I just had to learn for the both of us. Mm-hmm. Because I am really good at seeing traits and overthinking everything and like finding the deep seated, you know what I mean? Like I am really good at solving those puzzles because I am a fucking puzzle. Like yeah. he always called himself an enigma. And I think that was part of the reason that I was, I, I think that's part of the reason I love him so much because we are both so fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Like one of my favorite, one of my favorite, this is just, Okay, tangent. Uh, one of my favorite um, conversations about my marriage, my current marriage, was with an old consumer of mine mm-hmm. like a year ago. Um, and we were sitting there talking. She went, how's your husband? And I went, uh, to be honest, I don't really know. I haven't talked to him in like six weeks. Mm-hmm. And she just went, six weeks? Why not? And I went, well, I mean, like, I haven't talked to him in, like, six weeks, but I haven't seen him in, like, two years. So. <laughs> right. And she was like, why? And I went, well, last I heard he was over in South Carolina. I really don't know. I mean, like, it's just, it is what it is. And she went, what kind of marriage is that? And I went, one that works. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's a good way to go into, like, what is your, okay, so, like, for me, you know, I say that, that for me, like, the ability to compromise, ability to overcome situations, the ability to coexist in a manner that like acclimates to both parties and then ultimately like love is at the end of the day and that's my take on what like a a perfect relationship is or the the best that it can be so what is that for you I guess um with your background of like being poly and I guess you know what I mean like does that make sense yeah um so being poly I'll just go ahead and I'll, I'll pretty much explain my my fantasy relationship with a main partner mm-hmm. um, complete honesty at all times um, because I uh, I grew up with so many secrets not just my own but like it was don't tell mom don't tell dad don't tell your mother don't tell your father like yep, I definitely but they were, and it, everybody goes oh everybody had that no I'm talking like legit this shit happened at dad's house and I was told I'm not allowed to tell mom about it yeah yeah like, no I did the same I had the same shit I, did, yeah. I got in trouble yeah like I wasn't allowed to take certain toys to certain houses because they were mad at each other. Like, yep. I forgot homework at one person's house, and sometimes I had to make up a st- like. It was there were so many goddamn secrets, and like there were secrets from 
boy like boyfriends kept secrets from me I was basically taught not like the best advice I ever got out of relationships was from my brother so that's probably why I have any type of function in relationships mm-hmm. um but I mean like I I can't do it anymore mm-hmm. I can't I can't do secrets like I need secrets to be gone like, no I agree with that yeah I mean, there are certain, like, discretion, absolutely. Uh, like, waiting to talk about something, absolutely. But secrets, secrets are not okay. No, I agree with that completely. Um, um, like, uh, communication is a big thing. And the thing is, is it doesn't even have, it can quite literally, I've gotten to the point where I can feel myself starting to go one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And if it's to the point where I am physically like I'm having a difficult time coping physically how's that because I mean like it's always there and it's always a physical reaction but I mean like when it's actually getting to the point where like I'm having to take super like deep breaths right now because I feel like I'm gonna puke and I don't want to puke and it's it's literally like building up and you can feel it like right at the base of your throat Mm mm-hmm like, you know it's coming, and you're still trying to fight against it. Like, when I get to those points, I flat out tell people. Yeah. Like, I will I will look at you and tell you that I need a minute, and this conversation needs to end for yeah. a minute. Like, put a pin in it. Like, I, I get to the point where, like, I tell you these things. But I also have gotten to the point where, like, I'll bring it up so that way you know it's an issue. Right. And that's important. Well, I thought so, but yeah. it's not it's not a huge issue at the moment, but it definitely has the potential to be. So this needs to like go toward the forefront of your relationship thoughts. Yeah. So uh, with that, let's take that all out of the picture. What would be like the ideal, um, like if you were looking for a partner or whatever, um, what would be the ideal like date for that? Or even if you're in a relationship, I guess, what is that ideal date like for you? What kind, what do you mean? Like, okay. Like going so, out on a date? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like going out on a date or whatever, like whatever, whatever your, pre- whatever your, con- your notions are for like a, a date or whatever, you know what I mean? With the, again, with this Hallmark holiday coming up, I guess it's a good topic to discuss, you know? Oh yeah, it's not about, I just, I can't, I don't know. <laughs> right now, right now, you know, it sounds absolutely delicious. What's that? Sushi in bed surrounded by candles with a good movie playing on my laptop <laughs> and a bottle of cheap champagne. There you go. <laughs> I don't even eat sushi. I, 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 well, admittedly, I haven't eaten it yet. There's a lot of things I just haven't tried, but, you know. Sushi is fucking delicious. I, I love sushi. Like, if anybody, If anybody is in the San Diego area and listening to this and wants to hang out, dude, buy me sushi come on up i will tell you where to meet me and you can buy me sushi and we can hang out either that or take me to go see aquaman a water thor (laughs) jason momoa water thor just jason momoa all wet that's that's just all it is 
I don't know any of the like I know nothing about Aquaman comics. Nothing. No, I'm just like I'm just... I, I know who he is. Yeah. I mean, like I'm pretty sure I watched some of the cartoons when I was a kid, but like I never I never followed any of that particular uh character and I just want to see Jason Momoa dripping. I'm just a dick and I live in memes. So like, you know, the first thing I saw was like somebody it's like, oh it's, it's Water Thor. And like I've I've held on to that ever since. I'll drive a joke into the ground like fucking to the core of the earth. And then people are like, you should really stop. And I'm like, but Water Thor, you know. So But I mean but like as far as dates go, like uh, an ideal date like right now um would be surrounded like because I like candles and I like yeah. candle light. I don't like because I feel like candle lights are more natural light. Yeah. It's not. So I, I like the way it feels better. It, I like the mood better. But like, that's what I want. I think that'd be cool. Uh, and then on another day, like not today, but if it were like, I'd have to say like probably July or August. July or August. Somewhere around there. Maybe. Yeah, we'll go with there. Um, I think it'd be really cool to drive down to, well, pack a, pack a, whatever you want to pack. Sushi. Pack some sushi. <laughs> uh, sushi, pizza. Take your pick, sweetheart. As long as I'm, like, I, I eat fish. So if it's, you know, fish or vegetation or dairy, then I'll eat it. Uh, but like we'll grab some food we'll pack it up and we'll go down the coast to sunset cliffs and have a picnic and watch the sunset I mean like I live in Southern California I can give you a bunch of really romantic ideas like you know what else would be really fucking romantic to me like those are my cheesy ones like right now sushi and you know what I mean like right now I mean like but there is something like it's a really intimate setting. Mm-hmm. It's a one-on-one thing for me. Like date night, it doesn't. I don't need to go out. You don't have to buy me flowers. You don't even have to pick me flowers. I mean, like I'd rather have hand-picked flowers than purchased flowers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like if you're gonna get me flowers, buy me an orchid, like yeah. a little orchid, or you know what I mean, like. Like, Ricky came up to me the one day, and he went, hey, I saw something, and I thought of you. And I went, okay. And he handed me a package of morning glory seeds. <laughs> and I laughed. God damn it. And gave him a kiss. And yeah. I started laughing. And he went, why are you laughing? And I went, because you just gave me flowers. And he is so against giving, like, he's so against the idea of giving girls flowers. Yeah. He thinks it's the dumbest fucking thing on the face of the planet. And I agree. Why would you give, and his reason is the same as mine. Why would I give you something as a sign of love to have you sit there and watch it die? Yeah. Well, what, what I made... mean, like, give her a living flower that will bloom over and over and over again. What made me laugh about that, though, as soon as you said, like, morning glory seeds, all I could think of is, like, my, uh, my my youth and uh eating said <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, oh. yeah 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 that would be it yeah yep. LSD. 
Mikey's little little sister. Yeah, uh, the Amides. <laughs> like, so that's exactly what I'd have thought. If somebody handed me that, I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> you know? he, saw it. he looked at him because I told him, <laughs> I, I did. I mentioned that I'm, I like Morning Glory. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, just... I... No, I get it. Like, but when I was in Pennsylvania, I had moonflowers and yeah. morning. Except what I ended up with were moon mornings. <laughs> because I, I planted them all along the same thing and they cross-pollinated like a fucking champ. Mm-hmm. And I ended up with these like giant tie-dyed and white, like white mm-hmm. tie-dyed flowers that uh, they started blooming as soon as the sun went down and they stayed blooming until the sun started to hit them oh that's dope so like they were bloomed all night and all morning and they were fucking gorgeous yeah like absolutely fucking gorgeous and i was telling him about this one day and i didn't think he was listening Mm. Like, I had no idea he was listening. The thing is, is he doesn't remember me telling him about it. Right. He just saw them, and they made him think of me. So he handed them to me. Like, it was just one of And it was super sweet. Like, oh, my God, thank you. I was like, you got me flowers. And, like, I got super excited. And he just, he thought I was a weirdo, I'm sure. (laughs) But it was, my husband would, uh, He'd randomly come home with a flower, just a single flower. Yeah. It was never the same kind of flower, and it was always a wild flower. And it was always one that I'd probably never seen. I, I would he, just... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just... He would pick it, and he'd bring it home, and he'd hand it to me. He was like, it's, it's pretty, and it made me think of you. I would just cut them out of people's yards. I'd be like, ooh, that's nice. And I'd cut them, <laughs> cut them out and like, bring them to the... But it didn't matter where it was. Well, no, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that because, like, people, like, like my ex would be like, yo, why are you, like, taking flowers out of people's yards? I'm like, well, they got a lot of them. They, they can <laughs> spare to miss, like, you know, one or two or three of them. It'll be all right. Well, right, no, absolutely. But it, it was always just one. Yeah. And it could have been, it was, they were multiple sizes. I wish I would, I think I kept a bunch of them, but mm-hmm. I wish I would have kept all of them. But it was, he would just, it was one single flower. He was like, it's going to die, but it was pretty and it made me think of you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It was always different. It was always like a different flower or whatever. It was just always really cute. He didn't really, he didn't think that was romantic. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's my favorite type of romance yeah. right there. That's part of the reason I don't do Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not, I mean, like, if you want to do something a little extra special because we haven't had date night in a minute, sure. Let's do something a little extra. Yeah. Valentine's Day, because a little extra is that extra $15 on a bottle of champagne. <laughs> you know I mean? like, yeah. A date to me is not going out and doing something. A date to me is, like intimate quality time and that's what i was gonna say like for me i i think that spontaneity is like so important um and uh the ability to work off the cuff i think that when at least for me my understanding like if you make some like 
fucking solid plan and then anything goes awry then it, it, it can sometimes like be like well this is just shot shot out like this is this is just ruined and i've seen it happen i've felt it happen like you know in my in my younger days of you know uh youthful naivety and uh and, and so like nowadays it's just like i mean the ability to do just whatever just just that that like like you said like those um those moments of like just being present in the moment you know i mean i guess if i had to go with some like grand scheme like i had to choose like one great thing it'd be like you know i don't know overthrow a dictatorship or destroy the proletariat <laughs> but like oh yeah, yeah. yeah you know just no- nothing 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 big just throwing some Molotov cocktails or something <laughs> but like i think ultimately like like to be i guess real because unfortunately now that i've said that on on some form of and not that i've not said that on social media but now it's like you know that happens and i get flagged and then i disappear <laughs> and you never hear from me again and jitney is gone jitney is in guantanamo <laughs> jitney is in guantanamo getting waterboarded for the rest of his life <laughs> so but no i think that like like i think art is always really cool like collaborative art is always really cool um one of the things that um my ex-wife and i did is like we had this coffee table that had like the two glass panes and then you could like see through to the bottom like it was like a little bookshelf or what i use as a bookshelf but like i was like wow we could like make a like a collage out of both of those and so we took like cardboard and we took like every fucking like cd case we had took all the inserts out because we'd had them carried around with us for years you know i had mine from when i was an early teen and she had hers the same amount of time so we like chop all these things up in this like gnarly uh collage i had danny filth on it and marilyn manson and like different little like lines of different things we really liked like it was dope man i really liked it and um and that was like something that we did together it was like a thing that that we could like laugh and like have casual conversation and like do something cumulatively cool that like we both enjoyed it was like on the fly you know something like that and i think that that's important rather than having concrete plans because sometimes they're made without the other person's like um let's not say consent let's say like in uh input right so like the input isn't there and thusly like it can be like it can go wrong right like like say you think you have an idea about something like and you think it's great but then your your partner whoever that is is like what and and i think that relationships are the ability to do things together that maybe the one isn't like super super fond of but it's the understanding that you care about this person and maybe they want to do that so you want to be a part of their life or a part of their existence and so it's okay to like be like well this isn't like my favorite thing but like I'll do it because I support you and and it's got to be like two-sided with that you know what I mean you can't have one person making the sacrifice everything everything in a relationship I feel like should be like a a two-way oh absolutely yeah so so or at least or at least a a, the equivalent of a four-lane one-way yeah well I think that like (laughs) the idea of planning is just silly because like it ends up being like wow we're gonna do this and we're gonna do this at this time and yada 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 and some people like that like I'm not gonna discount that but like for me it's not like it just seems so structured and then it seems superficial almost you know like like and then again if something happens that's that was that's that's why I like to have the let's just kind of that's why I, I, I leave it real broad yeah 
I just it just intimate quality time. We could go skydiving. You want to go skydiving? You know what I mean? Like yeah, sure, let's go do kind of shit like that. But that means like we're experiencing something pretty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like something gnarly. We're both sitting here in a situation where one of us could die. Like our yeah. our parachute might not open. Like, yeah, yeah. It's okay. We're gonna see each other vulnerable. That's an intimate moment, no matter which way you look at it. That is a really good way to to, to describe that. I think, and I agree with that. The ability to be vulnerable around someone and comfortable with that, you know. Yeah, well, it's and that I'm telling you what, dude. I, it's it's so rare. It really is. But it's weird too. I'm yeah. currently I'm currently trying it, and it's it's weird. Yeah, it's like I have this zit that just came and popped up like between my eyebrows, and it's driving me fucking crazy. But like you know, I think that like a good relationship is being like I don't really care that you've got this like bulging fucking mask coming out of your face right now. Well, I mean like. <laughs> Let me just tell you that, that this has been like on my mind like fucking the whole time and I just noticed it. I'm like, I don't like this. And like I'm trying to like make it come to the surface and all that's gonna happen is I'm gonna get a big hole in my fucking face. I'm just gonna wear a hat all weekend. So <laughs> I just I don't know, like it's I don't do vulnerable. Yeah. My problem is I get too vulnerable. Too quick. Too quick. Yeah, no. Well, that's the thing is, I used to. Mm-hmm. But, again, I had my brother's help through, yeah. well, I still have my brother's help if I need it. You know what I mean? Like, if mm-hmm. I called him and left him a message and said, hey, I need you to call me. Like, I'm I'm in a place where I need I need to talk about something. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's I don't, my head's not on straight. But like, I, I just need, I need help. Like he'd yeah. call me. <laughs> he would yeah, yeah. Call me back. Um, sometimes he calls me just to chat, and sometimes I call him just to chat, and like it's, it's rare, but like it's, but throughout my childhood and my adolescence, um, I, I had him. Mm-hmm. It was kind of, so I got really, really lucky there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of had an idea for what relationships kind of should be. And yeah. the, it was pretty much just that he explained that it needs to be balanced and it needs to be, it makes, needs to make you happy. And what I didn't right. realize, until, what I didn't realize until recently really is that there's a difference between, um, positive happy and toxic happy yeah oh absolutely yeah i had to learn that uh over a 14 year period of time (laughs) i i learned it pretty much for the last 30 years yeah (laughs) like it's 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 more or less something that i've experienced like it's something that i've i've more or less just kind of I guess known about or like understood mm-hmm. to like I knew that there was a difference but I didn't know that there was a difference like I yeah. could feel the difference but I couldn't articulate the difference and I if I can't articulate it I can't talk to myself about it which means I can't understand it right 
on a more level ground. But I think that that is a struggle that I I have now that I'm aware mm-hmm. that there's a difference. I still have to find the well is this real happy or is this toxic happy? Yeah. And I'm Where learning fine. <laughs> like yeah. I got to find the boundaries of something new. So it's just really it's weird. Yeah, it is. It took me, and I say 14 years because it was the crux of time that, like, uh, when my ex-wife and I first met and then things went bad and then they kind of got better and then they got bad and then, like, this last little bit, like, I was just finally like, wow, okay. So there is a difference between, like, happiness and then happiness because you want someone else to be happy. Like, like I had to slowly understand because, like, I tried to do it. It's like smashing your face against a brick wall and hoping it breaks. Um, that I didn't really – my happiness was, like, secondary. I'm sorry, that was- I just love the way you said that. Right. And so like, um, it was like my happiness was dictated by whoever I was with's happiness. Like, so if they were happy, then I was happy. You know, I, I completely discounted my own feelings because I was so worried about this other person. And it's been, you know, until I watched Chase, what I, you know, like, like the equivalent of like the story of Moby Dick chasing this white whale that is the obsession therein, you know, uh, it was no different for me in that regard. Like I was watching things. Yeah, yeah. So you watch things fall apart, but you're like, well, I can probably make it better and then I'll deal with my own emotions. And then it wasn't until like I was fucking an abhorrent wreck and I'm like, oh, okay. So maybe, uh, maybe that's not the best approach, you know? And uh, so that's uh, the whole thing, you know? (laughs) I, it wasn't so much that I focused on their happiness more than my own it, it was more of a I, I do know what you mean by like your happiness really depending on your happiness but that was really just kind of a because I am a in a domesticated setting mm-hmm. I will fill whatever role needs to be filled mm-hmm if I'm capable and I feel like what ends up happening is I find people who fill the roles that I don't fill or that I don't necessarily like to fill. Yeah. And it ends up working until I end up taking on more roles and they don't help. <laughs> like I keep growing and they stop. But yeah, so for me, it's like, I like, you know, and I think that that goes back to like the idea of like somebody that is more steadfast and, and, and stands up and like takes that like dominant role. And I'm, I like, right. I appreciate that. That's something that um, I like. And then, and then, there's like this fine fucking line and I think it's just because I'm crazy, right? That like suddenly, like if I feel that it's overstepped that that uh, that form of like 
dominance, but now it feels like like threatened dominance, I guess, you know, or threatening dominance. Then all of a sudden I'm like, wow, this is this is fucking horrible. What what the fuck? And then I get resentful and then I self-sabotage it, right? So while I appreciate someone that's more dominant, because I'm indecisive and like I I it's it's not even so much that I try to be I, I, I am an alpha, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Oh, I know that. Just talking to you, I know that. You know what I mean? For as long as I've known you, it's it's been no secret. It's one of those, like, it's just one of those, like, okay, so I get home before you, so, like, I don't mind doing all the chores because it it fills the time in between getting home from work and you getting home from work. I didn't mind making dinner every goddamn night i also did not mind loading the fucking dishwasher but all i ask is that you unload the dishwasher yeah okay that's all i ask is just unload dishwasher and put dishes where they go how do i know where they go open up all the goddamn cabinets and look and you just put them with the like dishes right it's not that difficult. We don't have that many. It was it was horrendous. Okay, that. Yeah. So I mean, like that was really annoying and stuff. But I mean, like it was just one of those. Like, I did this. Like I got home, so this is what I did. Yeah. I did not get to this, but can you do this after dinner? Yeah. So I guess. Yeah, I... It was just one of those. Like I, I took initiative. Yeah. That's really I think that's another thing. That that's another that's another um a thing. You need to take initiative in a relationship. Oh, I know, and see that's where I struggle, man, so much. And that's it, it goes it, 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 that can be interpreted in so many different ways though. So how do you struggle with like just the it's the fear of like overstepping it's the fear of making a misstep it's the fear of ultimately like just summed up rejection man like that is a huge thing and it's a borderline i was just talking like i had my first therapy appointment today here and where i live now you know and um it's because like my head's been a shit show for a couple months now um (laughs) but like you know um like the idea of guilt and shame play a prevalent role in my life like um and so if I do something that I feel like and I internalize, it's like I've made some kind of misstep, and whether that's like the idea of posture or something that I'm reading from this person of interest or somebody I'm dating or something, you know, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, fuck, I messed up. Like, fuck, 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 fuck. You know, so it makes me like fearful. It goes back to like, you know, fuck, my, my, my ex-wife was the one that, that proposed to me and not that I'm saying that. I should have been the one in, in, in that whole patriarchal sense that they believe that to be true. But like I was, it wasn't even that. It was that I was fucking terrified of even like saying that and then having that possibility. And even though to look at it and be like, that probably wasn't a possibility. Like things were really fucking amazing between us. And like, it probably would have went the way that I would have wanted it to go. But like that little bit of that little seed of like, my delusions being like it could happen and then it grows into a giant fucking tree inside my head you know um so yeah that's the problem once that seed is planted if you don't get the whole damn thing out um i'm gonna try that again yeah if you don't get that whole thing out then it ends up it grows and some of them grow faster than others 
Absolutely. And so that's where it becomes a hard thing for me to even like, I fear like showing interest in people that I'm attracted to or that I've uh, to use that like teenage like crushing on right you know <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. I, get, I get fucking terrified of it man and then I don't say anything and then it's like this whole thing and then like I see something like uh the person that I, I'm attracted to's interest go that way and I'm like well I fucking should have seen that coming I did you know I did see that coming kind of you know and I'm just I sell myself ultimately short all the time because like I feel insecure about myself so it's like hard and I try to do it and I do it very awkwardly and fucking just terribly you know but like I know that it's something that I need to like work on you know what I mean but it's such a scary thing man like it's like stepping in the unknown you know um but uh yeah like that's I guess the crux of it so to like wrap all of this up okay with with the old Hallmark holiday coming up like do you have any plans that you're doing um you know are you just no I chill? don't I don't celebrate yeah no yeah yeah I don't celebrate um I mean like uh a couple years ago my husband and I well I guess it was a few years ago now but a few years ago, my husband and I went out to dinner, and we went and saw Deadpool. Well, see, that's um, pretty dope. That yeah. was cool. But that was just because it was premiering on Valentine's Day. Right. <laughs> like, it was one sense. of those, yeah. like, let's just make a date night out of it and just do both. Right. Like, we'll, we'll go ahead and celebrate Valentine's Day. But I, I mean, like, I, let's see here. I did with my first husband. Mm-hmm. Um. We he made a big deal about it. Uh, that's why I said like I get real I get really suspicious of like that commercial. I'll call it commercial romance. Yeah, like the the shit that you see in movies. It's a capitalist romance <laughs> from yeah, a socialist perspective. Yeah. I call it a capitalist fucking I don't know capitalist approach at romance. Yeah, like how whatever you want to call it, but just like. That call it a fucking a rom-com fucking no rom-com is kind of my life now but <laughs> like the the like lifetime the buy her di- yeah like the yeah. buy her diamonds and roses okay so like my first husband wasn't diamonds and roses but he was jewelry and flowers yeah you know what i mean like it was Oh, shit, we were like like Teddy people that I like oh, it pe- was stupid. People like, but I loved it. Yeah. Oh, people like me, like we dated people, and it was like whiskey and weed. <laughs> like, no, let's just get I blackout mean, like, drunk on Jack Daniels. You have to. You have to keep in mind though. My first husband was my high school sweetheart. Yeah. So we were teenagers, right? When we started dating, so like, of course, I fell for the. The cute little quote unquote adult romantic things. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, and don't get me wrong, I was a hopeless romantic. I still am, but I mean, I like, definitely am. <laughs> I'm, I'm so much more jaded about it now. Like, I, I think I mentioned that I, I'm kind of like a, a cynical, hopeless romantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cause like, I don't have any good experiences with that kind of romance. Yeah, like, it's, 
foreign territory. Like I'd picked up at thirteen, so like people I dated that like didn't uh, didn't drink or do drugs. Like I that, that just didn't last long anyhow. But like the people I was with, that's what we did. <clears throat> you know, Valentine's Day it hit. We'd like maybe do something and then go get shit housed and like that right, was it. Right. You know, but like now it's it's you know I it's not a possibility because I'll go out and make very, very terrible decisions perpetually after that, you know, with that, just, just that one, just that one. But, um, you know, uh, uh, so like this Valentine's day, I'm not doing anything, obviously I'll probably, like I said, listen to like better oblivion community center and, uh, and just go to sleep. <laughs> but like, well, it's you know, Thursday. it's Thursday. Yeah. And, and I have a therapy appointment the day before, so maybe I'll be prepared for that. But, uh, you know, that, that, that whole like you know like let's listen to people like tinder it up really fucking hard (laughs) oh yeah speaking of tinder um side note guys make sure you're using protection yes condoms yes morning after pill i think you can get morning after pill over the counter now um and there is in fact a pill that has to be taken within 72 hours of um, unprotected sex in order to be effective, but it does help reduce the risk of um, some serious STDs too. I can't remember what it's called, but if you Google the AIDS prevention pill, it'll probably come up because I was reading the thing from Tumblr and I did my research and found it but make sure you're taking care of yourself if you're doing the whole go hunting some strange kind of thing ladies guys both of you please wrap it before you tap it yeah you're probably right about that i perpetually make poor decisions in that regard <laughs> i've i've avoided all of those like nasty nasties you know uh, uh permanent permanent uh souvenirs i suppose you could call it but um yeah those are that's probably bad saying. decisions but like i've i man it's a that's a fucking thing <laughs> well i mean like i just i feel like i'm i'm pro-choice do no, it yeah yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm pro-choice. Here's the thing. I am pro-choice because I'm pro-choice of everything. You are free to make whatever choice you so desire. You are not free from the consequences of said choices. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I'm just a shitty human being. And I'm like, well, no, it's all good. You're you know? not <laughs> <So> a that... <laughs> human being. Well, you know, I just, like, definitely, I don't, I don't do it so much anymore, I guess. Well, I also haven't, like, you know uh had that experience in a minute now it's been a while but like before you know it's in teenage and, and early 20s after i got divorced i'd be like and i'd be like well do you and I'm like no but you know like it's really not that big a deal like it's probably not a big deal and then like you know it was like the whole thing like well all right fuck it you know what i mean in those moments or whatever but like yeah it's probably a good idea to do that um maybe i should like try to take that advice <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, anyway. I just feel like, I just feel like, well, no, no I'm not I, saying you're wrong. I'm saying, like, I make fucking horrible decisions on impulse. Well, I mean, like, impulsive behavior. My impulse is, um, here's the thing is, I, I don't even know what part of my fucked uppery, fuckery, what, I don't know what part of my fuckery, um, it, it is the cause of this 
But, like, I overthink everything even when I act impulsively. I really don't. I chuck everything out the window. I'm like, we're just going to roll the fucking dice on this one. Here's the thing is I do it quickly, and it's yeah. not always the best decision. Well, yeah. My impulse, my overthought is overthought because of the fact that it's an impulse because you can't think much before. Yeah. I just got in the habit where right before I do something, I think about the worst part. Uh, did you ever watch uh, Game of Thrones? No, I, I'm i like one of the probably 10 people in the entire world that I have not seen a single episode. I only watched it because I wanted to see Jason Momoa's Drago. I see, I didn't even know he was. I don't fucking know anything about that show, man. Like, I haven't, I haven't, I just. I was just telling my roommate this like last night that like I haven't had like cable or like you know I haven't watched a TV like outside of like being here every once in a while but I just never think about it because I just I've been homeless a lot and like I just like watch it with a phone. Well, yeah, like we have those things too, but I never fucking think to watch them. Yeah. Well, the only reason I did is I went to I went to Colorado to visit a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. While I was there, a new episode came on. And we watched it, and I went, those dragons are badass, right? Yeah. So, throughout this entire episode, okay, don't get me wrong, like, it was one of those, his brother looked at me and went, how have you not seen this one, how have you not seen this yet? And I went, I wasn't paying an extra $40 a month for HBO. Yeah. I, was like, I didn't want to. I didn't want to buy. I didn't want to buy HBO. That's why. Yeah. Like it was sorry. And then he just kind of went, "Okay, so that's a fair thing." I was like that, and I don't watch a lot of TV. I do a lot of painting and drawing and reading kind of yeah. thing. But I think he thought when I said I do reading that I do a. I at the time, I, God, I'm just now starting to build a list of nonfiction books. Yeah. I haven't read. I haven't really been into nonfiction since high school, but anyway, um, they were explaining it to me and it was dragon lady, bastard baby. Like he did such a beautiful job. Tex, I love you. I miss you. Like, yes, (laughs) I'm, I'm completely caught up. Uh, The last season is going to be coming out here pretty soon. It's going to be a short season. Mm-hmm. And I'll watch it because I have it on Amazon Prime. Now, if you really want to talk about a great love story, and I just watched this. Uh, it was only one season of it, but it's the end of the fucking world. And I love the uh, the 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 contrast in personalities of like this kid that's like just waiting to murder this girl but then he slowly like really enjoys her company and he's like ah, ah, I'm gonna kill her, but I'll probably do it later and then like this girl is just fucked up like I love the dynamic I think it's amazing I'm gonna have to watch that Absolutely I, don't do. why, I don't remember why I mentioned Game of Thrones I don't either there was a point to it I don't know but I think it's a good place to wrap up. Um, I think we've kind of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Probably... yeah. <laughs> I know. I saw that. We do this. This Dude, is right. a thing. It so a I thing. guess, guys, um, episodes are going to be closer to about an hour and a half now. Um, thank you, Jitney. 
Oh, anytime. Thank you. I always appreciate these conversations. They uh, help they help keep me a little sane. <laughs> oh, I, I'm glad. I really am. Yeah. Um, my former co-host used to say I was like her therapist. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it felt like a therapy session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it happens. It happens. It does. It does. No judgment. No judgment. I'm glad I could uh, be there for her in that way. Um, oh, yeah. It was cool. Uh, but thank you again. And I guess we'll just uh, see you next Tuesday. Yeah. See you then. <laughs>